Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you back to the Speckled Truth Podcast. Captain Chris here uh, with Captain Joe Prado from the Lower Laguna Madre. Joe, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Hey man, just glad to have the opportunity, man. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for this. Of course, brother, of course. I know we've been kind of talking back and forth a little bit. And uh, just wanted to make sure that uh, for all folks that maybe don't know Joe and have listened to the podcast... Um, why don't you go ahead and, and, and if you can, just kind of tell everyone a little bit about who you are uh, and kind of where you live and, and, and a little bit about yourself. Well, Chris, uh, I'm a 28-year-old fishing guide down here, and I've been guiding out of uh, South Padre Island, Arroyo City, Port Mansfield. been guiding since I uh, the day I turned 18, I got my captain's license. Uh, I fish, now I fish strictly artificial lures, uh, but... And before I, I've, I've done it all, man. I've thrown live bait, cut bait, all, you know, everything. And, uh, man, I, it's been, it's been, it's been a wild ride being a fishing guide. You meet a lot of cool people. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe some of the stories I could tell you, you know, just being on the water with different, different groups of people, you know, some of the coolest people you'll ever meet, you know, go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> So 28 years old, man, in kind of a, in the guide fleet, you do this full time, you know, and, and I know I've had obviously, you know, a lot of guides that, that a lot of full-time, actually all full-time guides that, uh, on the podcast. And if they're not necessarily guides, they're, uh, folks who just kind of like myself, man, and kind of dedicate the majority of their life to, to kind of pursuing big fish, you know? And so, but what's it like being, uh, a young uh, again, man, 28, uh, are, are you the most junior in the guide fleet and what's that like, uh, kind of being so young and in the, guide well, fleet? I actually, I, I used to be the most junior in the guide fleet. It wasn't until, you know, the past, you know, four or five years, you know, I, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd see some guys that are, that are doing really good, you know, that are, that are way younger than I am. And, uh, I love it. And I, I love, I love seeing these new guys come up in the game. I'm, I'm 28. I'm not the the youngest guy around anymore. I used to be that guy, and um, but yeah, no. I uh, being a 28 year old fishing guy, it's hard. You know, if I don't fish, I don't eat. You know, I, I fish for what I have. You know, and uh, it it is harder than people think it is. You know, everyone thinks that oh, you're a fishing guy. You have you have a dream job, man. Well, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard hard work and dedication is exactly how you become a great fishing guide. I'm, I, I want to be that one day, you know, and I, I see all these older, you know, guides that have been doing it for a long time, like Jay. And, uh, you know, I actually, I have a close friend of mine that's been guiding for a long time, Danny. And, uh, man, those are the guys I, yeah, those mm, are the Danny, guys that yeah. I want to emulate. Those are the guys I want to be like one day because, they have clientele that, you know, the only reason why I am to where I am is because of Danny and Jeff, you know, they've, they've helped me out so much. They've given mm-hmm. me opportunities to guide out of the Mansfield club, you know, given me, given me clients when they didn't have to. 
So yeah, I, I in a lot of respects, being the young guy is is hard. And and uh, man, if you don't have someone to help you and guide you along, and, and I use the word guide, it's exactly what these guys have done. You know, they've guided me along to be a better fisherman, be a better mm-hmm. fishing guide. You know, you know, I tell people all the time, the fishing's the easy part. Getting clientele. Now, that's the hard part about being a fishing guide. And I would imagine keeping clientele, right? Repeat customers, uh, kind of establishing your customer base, um, you know, kind of time after time. You know, I can definitely, you know, empathize with that and just trying to, again, market yourself, market your ability and get folks that want to come fishing with you, you know, year after year. And that's, you know, talking with Jay and, and understanding a little bit more you know, obviously he's been doing this for four decades, you know, but the crazy part about it is obviously his repeat clientele, but also his exposure to new clientele and maybe some folks that haven't, but having that and building that obviously takes, you know, a ton of time, but to your point, it probably takes an absolute exactly. effort. I mean, you only get, you only get what you put in, into, uh, you know, being a fishing guide and it, you know, be, you can't slack off. You can't, you know, when you when you te- when you have clients on the boat, you need to help them and do your best to make sure that they have a good time. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I know my wife. I, I <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you know, us fishing guides, we we have our ups and our downs, and being away from home all the time. And 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 my wife says, my wife always tells me, "Oh, you're not an entertainer." Well, yes, I am. I am an entertainer. I entertain my clientele when they're on my boat. You know, you're you're a, you sometimes you're you're a friend to your clientele. Yeah. You know. A, a voice that you know, uh, someone that they can tell something that they never told anyone on the water. People are people are are just so cool, man. You you, <laughs> it, it, it's hard for me to explain, but yeah, no, I mean sometimes you're a therapist out there, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine, man. Yeah, I mean from like a therapist to like a customer relations <laughs> specialist. I mean, you name it, in like kind of corporate America that deals and interfaces with you know, day-to-day customer, uh, you know, interactions, you are really that person kind of in a nutshell, right? I mean, honestly, let's face it. Sometimes you're a physician. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you're, you're kind of the, the, the psychiatrist in the room where, you know, folks go and that's really the cool part. I've been talking with a couple of buddies and really that's the release for most people is, is getting out on the water to kind of get away from things. And so you're really the conduit to, to giving them that, um, yeah, that, that experience, right? More, so, yeah, like a, a release, you know, they, they get out people want to go fishing to have fun. You know, I, I chase trophy trout and there's a lot of guys that, that, that like to do that this time of year. But in the summertime, I'm fishing with random people out of the Island. I fish out of Padre Island. I fish, I, if you don't know, I fish out of paradise and, uh, yeah, no, I get all sorts of walks of life of people, you know, cool people, and uh man it's rare it's rare that i have a bad day on the water with clients like like even if you know we don't always catch fish you know that's anybody that goes fishing but it's rare that i have a a bad time with my clientele it's always fun yeah well that's cool man that's something to be said for you now you kind of alluded to it but you know uh, danny and jeff uh new and the new brothers kind of being you know really those guides for you and kind of the industry it's in and in and of itself but for you though uh, like who are some other mentors that you've had contact with and, and have kind of helped you kind of coach you through uh, to kind of where you are right now? Well, you know, I, Mike McBride, you know, uh, mm-hmm. him and Trisha, 
you know, uh, even when I was very, you know, years, you know, when I first started guiding, they actually helped me out a lot as well, you know, giving me clients and stuff like that. Uh, I talk, I talk to Mike all the time. I fish with him regularly here once, at least once a year, you know, we'll, he'll, he'll, he'll get on my boat and we'll go out there and have fun. And then, you know, it's, it's a good time. And, you know, but those are, I, I, I remember when I was younger and we had dial up internet, you know, you turn on the computer and make all that weird noise. And, uh, I'd go, you know, looking on the internet, looking on the internet and, uh, skinnywateradventures.com. I don't know if you ever remember that Mike oh, and yeah. had that. In those like yeah, w- WMV files or whatever it is, those wave files that they were uploading. Yes, yes, and that and that that inspired me as a younger kid to to get into fishing. You know, re- a big time that, and then also, uh, I don't know if you know uh, uh, Captain Scott Sparrow. Uh-uh, uh, he's, a fly, sure he's a fly. He's a fly. He's a he's a fly fisherman down here, and he had you know a website that I and that that's what really inspired me and and uh to to become a fishing guy you know just like as a young kid seeing all the photos of the big fish you know skinnywateradventures.com mike and trisha man they really that 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 uh that website is really what had me hooked i it's so it's back in the simple days of the internet when it won you know we didn't have you know really nice phones with all the you know videos and stuff like that we didn't have social media back then it was just it was just you know websites and stuff like that but yeah, yeah no, well uh, definitely mike no i was gonna say man i remember that skinny water adventure sorry uh to to kind of derail your thought man but um when you pulled up like that website i don't even know if it's still active i might actually google searches uh afterwards but um, i think it yeah, is if you man. Went to, like media or photos or something like that it was mike and trisha and it was like the old clamshell flip, flip phones by like nokia or something like that and they were taking video and dude, just if you can make out because it was so grainy, dude, it was like, it was terrible. Like the pixelation was like awful. Right. And so if you could barely make out what they were actually catching, but when they would hold these fish up, you're like, oh my God, dude. No. I mean, you hear like the wind noise, uh, but they perpetually mm-hmm. had this. And Mike was kind of narrating most of those, which is like, yep, Cheshire's got a big one on, you know, or whatever it is. And oh my, oh my, well, we're coming up to that minor, you know, he's kind of like just narrating the whole thing. And it was really classic, uh, kind of pre social media internet days, but yeah, I'm with you, man. I used to follow him, uh, back then. And it's pretty cool to obviously call him friend now and, and certainly mentor, but, uh, to kind of yeah. see the, uh, you know, evolution of, of how far we've come from, uh, media or fishing exposure with content, like online content, you know? I mean, it's almost like a, a you know, used to be a stream of, of information that you could get. Now it's a waterfall, a raging river of, of, of information you can get. You, you can go on Instagram right now and and literally see tons and tons of, you know, social media stuff about about fishing, every type of fishing. It's it's insane. And I, and I love it. I, I think it's grown the sport. Um, it, it's the reason why we're going to have, young, uh, you know, more people interested in, in doing that, what we do you know, chasing big trophy speckled trout is, is what we both loved. And, uh, man, I, I, I don't think it's going to hurt the sport, but, but we all, we have to be very careful on how we represent what we do. You know, uh, catch and release is something that we really need to, you know, voice, you know, I, I know that people like to kill fish. We all kill fish, but man, it, it, 
it, it seems like it's taking that, that turn, though, if you look at social media. People are more conservation-minded than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Correct? And, and, no, absolutely. And actually, I was having a conversation uh, about this yesterday with this guy, Cliff Hall, from Louisiana. And he's now kind of like a, I want to say like a state rep for release over 20, but he was asking, you know, kind of my thoughts on some things that they could do in through through the conversation, I was like, dude, I, honestly, though, I think as, as much of a bad rap as my, my home state has, um, I think they're turning the tide. And he was like, you know what? They are. And I'll tell you why. Because I was that guy about two years ago until I started listening to podcasts like yours, kind of following release over 20 and then kind of challenging myself to catch larger fish. And when I was going through that process, I realized it's difficult. And I realized like, hey, it's he's like, it was almost like a eureka moment where people like, where he was like, dude, I don't have to kill everything. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah. I never really had even considered that, you know? And so, yeah, he still keeps a few. I know you do as well. I, you know, it, on, on occasion, but at the end of the day, it's really about recruiting the right type of participation into a fishery. I've said that time and time again. And so, but here's the deal, man, is that you're at the forefront of that. In many other young guides that are out there, regardless of state, if you're listening to this, like Joe, you're 28. If there's other guides out there that are, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like Chris Elliott, you know, or, or maybe like a James Sanchez or Colton Blackwell and, and obviously the younger, you know, guide generation that are kind of in the fleet, you know, the majority of those folks, I think have come to your mindset, which is, man, we, we, we gotta, we gotta give back a little bit more. And at oh, the yeah. end of the day, that's going to basically override kind of this catch and keep mentality, which it, it is what it is, you know, but at the end, if we want to have a long sustainable fishery, again, with the waterfall of information that's out there, spot burn, YouTube, X, Y, Z, if we're all going to participate in a different way, we have to approach, you know, conservation and, and approach our fishery in the long-term sustainability in a little bit of a different way. So, Dude, I'm sorry. Uh, I always get on, you know, and, and listen to other podcasts. I hate when the the host kind of takes over the the discussion. No, you're fine. No, what, I know. No, I'm. Wanted to tell you, man. Like you're at the wanna, forefront. Yeah. And I'm and I'm and I'm happy to I'm happy to try my best to you know steer the tide a little a little differently. I know there's a lot of people that uh, that watch you know social media now, so that's why I've been trying so hard on social media. You know, I've been trying to uh, emulate, you know, people that I look up to, you know, like Jay and and Mike and Trisha and, 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 you know, Danny and try my best to show that it's not about a a big box of fish. I mean, I've done it. I mean, I have it on my social media. Of course, we, you know, but I'm trying to change my, my, myself because the only way to, to, to change other people's minds is to change your your attitude towards what you do for a living, you know, and being a, a full-time fishing guide, you're going to kill a fish, no matter who you are. Sure. Everybody, you know, if you are a full-time fishing guide, you will kill a fish, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get someone that, that comes along that's going to want to take a fish home. Okay. And then that's just the way it is. But yeah, no, I, 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 I do, I feel like I'm at the forefront but I, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, it doesn't really make me feel like, 
you know, I, I, it makes me scared actually because when you're when you're on when all eyes are on you, if you make a mistake, <laughs> you know, it could be detrimental to your career. You know what I'm saying? No, I understand, so, especially with with social media and its ability to magnify certain situations. Yeah. But again, man, if you're operating with high integrity, you're hopper. You know, I call them hustle mistakes, man. Is like, dude, if you're trying so hard, um, let's face it. You know, there's really only one dude that kind of walked this earth that was, you know, blemished without sin. Uh, I certainly am not that guy, mm -hmm. right? And so at the end of the day, dude, um, we're going to make mistakes. And and if you're trying and it's with good intent, I call them hustle mistakes. And hustle mistakes are acceptable. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you continue to make hustle mistakes and eventually they have, you know, a, a negative impact on on certain situations. But don't be, don't be scared. I'm not trying to in any way, shape or form. What I'm trying to do is is say, Joe, man, like, dude, as a, as a younger fella, uh, in that guide fleet, I think, uh, your mindset, you know, in, in kind of those you impact around you and kind of, maybe there's a teenager out there, man, right now, maybe there's peers, you know, uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, definitely. just not interested in what they're doing right now. Or like, you know what, man, I might make the jump, but let me, let me reach out to Joe and see how he did that. Well, you know, here's one, this platform, but aside from that, like your everyday interactions with people or that platform and yeah. how you carry yourself and interact with folks, you know, as young as I am, Chris, you know, and, uh, you know, guiding since I was 18, you know, in the short time I have been guiding, which is only 10 years, I have created fishing guides. I mean, I've yeah. seen it and they're, and they're younger guides. I see some young guys coming up in the game that no one really knows about just yet. And, and they're doing good. And, I watch them on, on social media. I, I, every once in a while, I reach out to them. They used to be my clientele, and 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 I and I'm proud of that. And and I'm and I try to show on my social media what I'm doing because I know they're watching me because uh, I they follow me on 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 social media platforms, and and, and that's why I try my best to just <laughs> you know emulate you know the catch and release and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no trophy trout is is the one thing that I have been focusing on really really hard the past few years uh i have a lot of clientele now because of you know people i know that that have uh you know spread the word that i, that I like to chase big fish and catch and release i actually learn a lot not just from you know other fit you know other you know people that i look up to are are like you, you know like jay watkins mike mcbride trish Whitley, but i also look up to my clients too some of my clients you know book me or you know they book me 15 times a year, you know, uh, I actually wow. have one client in particular, I actually have one client in particular that books me that many times in a short period of time, which is winter, winter to spring. And, uh, he's one of my, he, he's, he's one of my close friends as well. His name's Chris Martinez and yeah. we fish. So, and I know you've probably seen him on my social media and yeah. he also has elevated the way I fish for big trout because he gives me he he pays me to go fishing, and he gives me the opportunity to show him what I what I know. And man, we we chase big fish hard this time of year. We're actually going to fish three or four times this coming month. You know, you know, just just chase big trout, let him go, let him go. And uh, he caught his first thirty with me last year. Uh, yeah, and and it was it was a it was a special moment. It was a special moment. He he's been a follower of the Speckle Truth for a hot minute, man. And in so he here's how small this community is. So Tanner Moy, I don't know if you you actually just chartered him. He went with Chris Martinez not oh, too yeah. long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was probably no, like maybe yeah, a month ago. Chris, 
Yes, and Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, Chris Clarkson. Yeah, those guys. They're they're all sticks, man. They don't even they they don't need a fishing guide. They just it's it's almost out of a. It's easier to book to book a fishing guide than drag a boat all the way down, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But they, I mean, what? so I, sometimes I sometimes I feel like I don't deserve the, some of the guys that I fish with because they they're sticks, man. They they can fish, you know. I I, I know I put on a, a social media post the other day. I took you know a group of guys and you know it, uh, yeah. it's like man, I don't I don't deserve this much fishing talent on my boat. But <laughs> they they all they're all they all know what to do, you know. It's just it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Ruff. I know he was on that trip. I, don't, I can't remember who else was on that, but yeah, I mean it was sad because they're they were like, "Hey man, you want to come?" Dude, I'm like, "Bro, I'm I'm bowed up at work, that's man. Awesome. I cannot. I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. Like this time of year, and that's why I haven't been able to produce you know many podcast episodes. Just been been torched, man. And I know you've invited and stuff like that. We fished together, which is great. But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. want to do that again. But the point I was gonna make with though is like Tanner Moy, uh, to tell you how. Uh, you're doing things right, right? Is uh, so Tanner Moy, who I, I think that was the first time you chartered him. Uh, that's the first mm-hmm. time he's fished with you that he's, you know, that he shared with me. But I know him through a mutual friend, uh, Connor Snoga, uh, who I fish with, and so that's his cousin. And so anyway, we're we kind of have a group chat, me, him, and, and Connor, uh, me, Tanner, and Connor. And so he's like, "Yeah, man, fish with Prado," and uh, how to go, man? And uh, he's like, "Dude, it, it was freaking." it was, it was fire. You know, that dude knows what he's doing. Uh, and he goes aside from that, man, like he, he's got his head in the game. Like he, he knows like what's up and, and like coming from him who, you know, obviously doesn't know that we know each other, you know? So it's kind of like third hand, if you will, or, or like second hand, like input. So I'm sure that's a big compliment. Yeah. Now, because what that does, it kind of, uh, shows you, man, that like, yeah, one, it's a small community, but what you're doing and what your beliefs are and, and the things that you're, yeah, and, and honestly, the fish that you're ca- catching, the pr- the production that you have is is obviously um, elevated and, and, and people are excited when they fish with you and, and they see that production. That's probably why you have a lot of, you know, repeat clientele. Yeah, you know, it's, you know fishing, I fish the... Uh... I do about 150 to 200 charters a, a year, depending on the weather and, and all that. And, you know, you, I, I always tell, I always tell everyone, man, you do more than 200 days on the year, 200 days a year, and you just burn yourself out. Uh, but it's all about, you know, I, I pay attention and that, and that's how you catch big fish, Chris. And you know it, if if you're out there just lollygagging around making casts and you're, you're, you're casting straight, 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 you're not, you're not fan casting and all that, you know, paying attention is half the battle when, when, when we're chasing big speckled trout, you know, you got to look at your, look at your surroundings, you know, always, you know, always look at, I don't know if you know this, but down here in, in the lower Laguna Madre, you, you do know this, you've been down here. It's, it's mainly grass. You know, we really don't have, a lot of reefs or, right. you know, or, or, or types of structure. Our structure down here in the lower Laguna Madre is sand and grass. That's basically what it is. And bars, you know, shallow water sand. Uh, so you down here, you have to pay attention super to, to like everything. You, you can't, you can't, you can miss, you can miss big where the big fish are because you're, you're just, you know, lollygagging. Yeah. <laughs> You know the best fishermen I've I've ever met pay attention. They, they they pay attention to their surroundings. They're not 
They're not just la-di-da, you know, have their head in, in the clouds. And you can't teach that to people. You can teach people how to fish, yes, but you can't teach the want. You know what I'm saying? You can't teach that that want, you know, like like Chris Martinez has, you know, or Tanner. You know, he, he's not they, – they have the want to catch those big fish, and they, they want to try very hard. You cannot teach that. You can take people fishing and teach them how to fish, but you cannot teach the, that inner – that inner that inner feeling that you really want this you know what i'm saying yeah i, I do it, and I, I agree mostly right and and here's why i agree mm-hmm. mostly is yes well first off man you know passion in in a pursuit if you're not in it mentally you will definitely uh not like this game <laughs> but yeah no i know it if you are in it mentally you you can teach the subtle nuances of kind of dissecting. That's why I love Jay's like Instagram post and stuff like that. And honestly, it's funny because mm-hmm. uh, when we did the Fish and Tackle Unlimited seminars, uh, it was cool because uh, I went first. Thank God. <laughs> well, actually, I went kind of in the middle. Uh, but anyway, I went I went before Jay. That was all that mattered. But anyway, uh, but we were talking about that. And and really the premise of the conversation was one I was trying to teach like the trout fishing gospel of like how much more and like touching the soul of like how this fish is, is much more than, than just a bag of fillets or whatever it is. But, but aside from that, the other takeaway is, and this is what I feel like I I'm trying to do more and I'm trying to encourage people to do more. And I think it's to your point, which is dude, even from sink rates, of different lures, even from different ascent mm-hmm. profiles of different lures, even from noticing that, Hey, I'm getting bit and I'm like just over knee deep. And when I pull off to like maybe thigh deep, maybe a little bit waist deep, I, f- I find I'm having a little bit less production. And so I'll pull back up. It's those little subtleties, man. And when I was sharing that, I'm like, these are the things that make elite series anglers like on the BASS and MLF and all like these guys are fishing public lakes open to the public, highly pressured, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, but yet they're still catching these monster bags and trying to catch monster bags for, for this. And so what do they do? Right. They, they make those same cast uh, to that same piece of structure at at different angles because they know that at some point there's something there. They just got to figure out the nuance. Uh, They might be, you know, drop shopping or punching or something along those lines. The bottom line is, is fishing in general is if you challenge yourself and then really pay attention to those subtleties, those super duper subtleties, that's when you, when it's, when it clicks, that's when you go from like, man, I caught that fish, that big fish on accident to McBride's point, which is I caught that fish on purpose. And that's the yeah, point, which is when you're out there doing that. Oh yeah that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Recently, you know, and it, I've, I've evolved as a fisherman, you know, from when I first started, I was more of a meathead than anything. Uh, when I first started guiding and, but you know, in the past, I'd say maybe four years, five years is when I've really, really got to the point where I'm, I am going out there and looking for that one fish and I am doing it on purpose. And, and, and it, it takes a lot of hard, looking you got to look for them you and you got to you know you got to 
you got to have fished every single day before and to know and have the right weather conditions, you know, pressure really, pressure, pressure really reacts. I mean, sorry, pressure really makes the fish react. So, you know, you're the way the weather is on, on day to day is, is how, is how, you know, and why you catch those big trout, you know, you go out there and there's not a cloud in the sky and uh, you know, it's, you know, no wind and they're going to be hard to catch, but you can still catch them if you try, you know, uh, I, I chase these fish. I chase these fish. I have a love for these fish that I, I don't think I don't think I can I can ever get rid of. It's like, it's like a bad itch, man. You just can't get rid of it. <laughs> what, what is it uh, though, man? Like what what is what is that for you that makes you want to do this? Like, I mean, you do this for you literally do this for a living, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it about that that makes you want to like do this for a living to provide for your family? Cause that's some, that's some honestly, strong feelings. Yeah. Honestly, it, it all started when I was really young, you know, uh, like 14, 15 years old fishing underneath the lights. Uh, my uncle has a house in Arroyo city, my uncle Johnny. And, uh, the first time I ever, you know, really got serious about lure fishing was when I was a real little kid. You know, I, I don't know if I was, I may have been like 13 and, uh, we went to hook, line, and sinker. This was when, uh, this is this is a while back. This was when hook, line, and sinker wasn't in the same location it is now in Harlingen. And and my my mother, she bought me a Corky original. You know the the yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny the one the regular one the chartreuse with the white belly the you know the Corky original just one. And and she bought me one of those, and I fished underneath that light. Uh, it you know for about I don't know till about midnight. And I caught a twenty. I caught a twenty-six inch trout off the dock, and that and that sparked something in me that I can never lose. I don't think I'll ever, ever not want to chase these big trout. And I hope I hopefully we have them for a long time, you know. But that that's I think what really sparked that fire, that that deep burning desire to just. I, I, it's it's something it's something that you can't even really explain. You know, when that big fish hits that hit that lure, I think it. it it ruined me, man. <laughs> I'm institutionalized to wanting to be a fisherman. <laughs> you know, I Dude, always I, tell people that. <laughs> I'm a- I can empathize, man. I mean, it's, and it's funny because how much it changes too. Like some days, like, man, I, ha- I haven't caught a fish on a jig in a hot minute. And I grew up pretty much jig fishing in Southeast Louisiana. And that's kind of the, you know, how we pretty much fish. We didn't throw obviously corkies and things of that nature. And I, I grew up really in the back deck of a pretty much the best jig fisherman in my opinion in the southeast louisiana uh, area man my pops and so but the point is is uh dude like i haven't thrown a jig in a hot minute and so admittedly man this year unlike years past is it's i haven't caught a fish in a jig in the winter in probably the last three years you know just maybe because i don't fish them i throw obviously a lot of jerk baits a lot of hard baits and and that's kind of been my bread and butter in the winter time and so this year man i got an old really good little flurry uh catching them on uh six inch gambler flapping shads on a little eighth ounce um mm-hmm. actually a little 16th or eighth whatever it was but anyway basically light light jig heads big profile fishing a little bit deeper wading wise you know i mean you're pretty much standing in waist probably throwing up to your shoulders but they're all in kind of that long taper uh point point being is though like you're just kind of lifting that rod almost like i was fishing back home and fishing some deep structure and and uh boy when they knock it dude it's like boom i mean just knock slack in the line and you set the hook and it's like 
like when you set the hook, it just doesn't give you like, Oh, and so man, doing that one, one evening is really what it was. I think I ended up catching like six or seven fish, real good, real good ones, man. One was like five and a quarter. And, uh, I was like, dude, all I want to do is like now go catch them on a jig, (laughs) you know? And so like all my rods were (laughs) loaded up with jigs, you know? So like, uh, anyway, but I get like that too. I get like that too, man. I, I, sometimes I, I'll be catching them on corkies or whatever. And I, you know, I'll, I'll switch over to a plastic and then, you know, then, you know, sometimes they don't want, they don't want a corky. Yeah. You throw a plastic on like on a high pressure day with a 16th ounce jig head and, and you get bit, you know, yeah. sometimes I throw a top water. I get in those kicks and you can get bored fishing the same thing over and yeah. over and over again. So you like to mix it up. Fishing, fishing, fishing's fun when you can mix things up, do, you know, try different stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't always throw the same thing, but yeah, I know ever since I, uh, well, ever since uh, Jay and Lowell helped me out and got me on the custom Corky and Texas, Texas custom lure team, uh, I've been throwing pretty much nothing but Corky's this time of year because they just work so well. And mm-hmm. I, I like, I like that. Uh, I like that. Uh, I can, I can go to them. I can go to Lowell or Jay and ask them for something and they and they help me out man it's something that it's something that they have they have the most humble attitude and and the 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 nicest guy I ever met nicest guys man they 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 really have it's humbled me to the fact that they have such uh they see something in me that I don't see in myself and they and they've helped me mm-hmm. out to where I I don't think I could have, have ever asked for a bet you know that's something that is I feel lucky to be a part of you know because yeah. In my opinion, you know, I'm just a young guy, you know, I, but they, they have helped me out by giving me these corkies, you know, corkies are, you know, they're, they're probably, everybody wants to be sponsored by a corky, you know, a corky team, but you know, not everyone has that opportunity, you know, and I'm just very lucky and humbled that I have the opportunity to be, to, to be able to go to these guys like Jay and Lowell and say, Hey man, can I have a few corkies? And, and they send me a bunch. You know, yeah. and that's helped me out. That's elevated my, my fishing ability because I don't, I don't have the money. I'm a fishing guy. <laughs> I don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to go drop on corkies, you know? So I'm just, I'm, that, that has helped me out tremendously. This, you yeah. know, the, the past few seasons of big trout, you know, big trout season, spring, you know, winter through spring. We're excited to introduce a new Texas-based sponsor, Hook and Bullet Purpose Built Optics. Recognizing all of our gear is built and high tech. The guys at Hook and Bullet got tired of wearing the same old quote unquote fishing sunglasses with antiquated lens technology. And because chasing monster trout along grass ledges and potholes is different from most types of fishing, they've partnered with Zeiss to scientifically formulate lenses optimized for your specific pursuit. Let's face it, we spend a lot of time and money looking for that one big bite. So do yourself a favor and check out Hook and Bullet Life. That's life. Backed by a 30-day fishing guarantee, you're sure to find a pair of purpose-built optics to help you maximize every opportunity. Down South Lures has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now, and it's easy to see why. From their four-inch Southern Shed to their much larger DSL Supermodel, to the three inch burner shed, their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal. Better yet, they're actually made here in the USA as well. So support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go
go check out the hashtag swims in a fall action of a down south floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Reel Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas angler for years. Located here in Texas, they make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps, really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at stinkypantsfishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I wanna welcome Waterloo Rods as our season three's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a carbon mag, an HP light, or a slam mag, or their salinity series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Mira Lore is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the mirror mullet or the top dog, even their soft plastic lineup, as well as the Paul Brown series fat boys. These lures have been trusted by many anglers across the Gulf Coast and beyond. So next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite, remember, tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bite. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky are back again for season three sponsors and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors, which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast have been producing for decades. So whether it's a Double D or a Fat Boy Floater, and Plum Nasty, Texas Turnip, just to name a few, remember next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. So that jig bite, you know, and then you can catch them on a corky and then you catch yeah. them on a jerk bait. Each of those different bites and approaches are, are totally different in that. And it's fun doing that. Yeah. Dude, right? And so, yeah, yes. you're in, insanely uh, lucky, you know, certainly with Texas Custom Lures and, and Jay. And what I was going to say to that was, man, you know, especially Jay at an elite level of a God. I mean, the God's God, the one that probably he is the, the God. He is the, yeah, he's the most elite, it's, in yeah. my opinion. He's yet he's so approachable. Yes, and he's the nicest guy in the world. I literally, I had you know me and him hung out yesterday. You know, he invited me back to his house in Fort Mansfield, and he he says, "Hey, come up here, come up, come upstairs, Joe. I got something for you." And he gives me a a monster bag of just all the coolest colors of corkies and stuff like that. So that you know, I just I'm super pumped. I can't wait to get on the water. I'm I have a I'm off tomorrow, and then I have a five day stretch of just every single day. So. I'll be throwing corkies quite a bit this next week, and I'm super pumped for it, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so hey, real quick on that, right? So, let's pull the thread on that. Obviously, you know, winter time, uh, you being a kind of a you know geared specifically to you know putting people on big fish, and that's kind of your one your clientele, and then secondly, kind of what your passion is. You know, during the winter months, are you typically? I mean, I'll ask this: during the winter months, are you typically throwing corkies, and if so, what kind? so not brand it, but it like just, floaters yeah oh yeah oh yeah no I, I i like i like 
uh, you know, obviously I, I throw custom corkies. Uh, it just depends on the wind conditions to me. And wind conditions, weather conditions are, are why I throw what I throw. Um, I generally throw a floater if I'm super, super shallow and it's calm. I really don't throw, I really don't throw a floater when it's really windy because it doesn't sink enough for me and it doesn't really, you know, I will if it's a right situation. I know there's a big fish and, and they're feeding up top and this and that. And it also depends on what the bait's doing. If the bait's not doing nothing, I'll throw a regular corky or, you know, the fat boy or yeah. a soft iron because you know that they're sitting on the bottom and they're just chilling. You know, it just depends. I throw a corky on what's going on in front of me, which type mm -hmm. of corky, you know, and, and color to me, color really matters. I, I normally consider corkies, you know, color wise, you either throw in a light colored corky or a dark colored corky that in my opinion. So mm -hmm. like if, if it's real, real bright outside, the water's super clear, you know, what am I going to throw? I'm going to throw a natural looking corky. I'll throw a clear corky. You know, that Bay Mistress in, in clear condition is is probably one of my favorite colors. That Bay Mistress, mm -hmm. you know, custom corky. Or or let's say let's say the fish are being real finicky and they don't want something bright. You can you you're throwing that pink corky out there a million times and you you just can't get bit. Now you switch to a dark one. Bam, there she is. She whacked it, you know, over over a sandal. It 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 to me, you gotta feel you got to feel it. You got to just change, you know, I don't change my lure all the time. I'm not that, that kind of guy. I, I mm -hmm. won't, if I tie on a corky in the morning, I'll throw it. And if I, and, you know, and, and until I get bit, I, I, I seldom change my lures. There's a lot of guys that come fishing with me. They say, Hey Joe, what are you, what are you throwing? And I said, I, I'll, I'll show them, you know, whatever I'm throwing, you know, let's say I'm just throwing a, a, a bay mister. So I have it on. And then, you know, an hour goes by and they, they switch their lure 10 times. And they ask me, hey, Joe, what'd you catch that fish on? And I show them the same lure I tied on this morning, buddy. <laughs> and they had changed their lure, you know, three or four times. And they're like, hey, Joe, you have leader material? I said, yeah, bag in the boat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, as far as th colors, I, I consider corkies, they're either light colored or dark colored. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I, I, I'll switch in between depending on what they want and what's going on. Uh, but yeah, to your point, to what you're what you're asking me is like when and why do I throw corkies? I throw I throw corkies when the water's temperature is cool. Mm -hmm. If the water temperature is warm, I'll throw a top water. You know, a lot a lot of the times I'm throwing a top water this time of year because it, it, it down here in South Texas it really doesn't stay cold for long. It'll get yeah. cold for about a week or four or five days, and then we have a warming trend, and then the fish they want you throw a top water, and that's how you catch. I, I mean that that like to that point. Last month, you know, on December 11th, that's when I caught that 30-inch trout. You know, in December, you can wet wade down here. It's 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 hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have such shallow water and it warms up so quick. And I think that's what a lot of folks that aren't, you know, from here, uh, and certainly something I, it took me really uh, seeing it to believe it, to see like how fast uh, that water temperature swing can be down you know, in the lower Laguna Madre. And, and it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. a little bit. One, it's a shallow water fishery. And secondly, yeah, I mean, you might go, you know, 53 degree water temps, you might have, you know, low wind, no clouds and, and pretty warm, you know, and it's, you know, 70 degrees literally that day will shoot, man, it might come up six, seven degrees, you know, so you might be almost touching 60 by the evening time, shoot, maybe even more than that just depends. Right. And so, I mean, those fish are, yeah, you, you 
they're they're not necessarily moving. They're moving, but they're not really moving in terms of depth. It seems like a whole lot. Now this year, I don't know what your uh, take is, but obviously we had that pretty hard snap. And where I'm fishing a little bit north, uh, I've seen it where this time, typically this time of year, man, those fish are kind of keyed in on certain you know areas that I've caught them year after year. Well, I can tell you, you know, I've had onesie twosies pull in, but never. Uh, not the bunches that I've been seeing in past. And so what I've found though, is that a lot of those fish that were kind of relating fairly skinny are now really kind of relating pretty deep. And, and it was that way post that super cold snap. So I don't know if they have like PTSD yes. from, from that stuff from the freeze or, <laughs> some, or yeah. yeah, some fish, some fish will come into the Harbor or into the Arroyo, you know, during that cold snap, we had a lot of bait die in Fort Mansfield. And uh, I didn't, I did go look up shallow. I actually went with my buddy Ryan Sparrow um, mm-hmm. it, right after that cold snap on his little stilt. He is a is a, a polling skip, a stilt. Yep. I don't know if you know, new water boats. And we ran, you know, we ran around the bay and we did a big circle. We went way up high looking for dead stuff. And we did see, we did see some big dead black drum. We saw some dead redfish. We did see a few dead trout, but not very big ones. But yeah, you, you know, they do get PTSD. Those big trout, they'll... The only reason they die is because they don't get to the deeper, wa- deep water fast enough. You know, when that front hits, it hits so fast and so hard, they they get stuck and they die. But uh, yeah, they do get PTSD, and those fish will go up in the arroyo and they and they'll just stay stay there. They're like, heck, man, I don't want to go out there again. I don't want to get yeah. you know they'll they'll stay they'll stay there in the heart or in the harbor in Fort Mansfield or in the Brownsville Ship Channel down on the island. You know, you know yeah. they they. They do get they, they do get scared of that cold weather. I would be too if it you know it, it gets cold so fast and when these fronts hit that that's that's the reason why that bait died is because it got so cold so fast you know and it didn't stay cold but for what maybe maybe a week eight hours or something like that yeah no 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 I'm what I'm no, saying it was like a the, week the temperature dropped oh yeah yeah it yeah, stayed yeah. cold for about a week but what I'm saying that really cold cold time was what like eight to 12 hours or something like that yeah, when, yeah, if, no if the water temperature gets if the water temperature drops for two days or three days like it did the two years ago or whatever it was when all those big trout died that's that's or it was like a week that it was stayed cold like that and that's why all those big fish died you know but this last one it, it was just a it was just a real light you know cold snap it, it, it didn't kill it didn't kill as many fish as y'all think and I, I, we, we went and we looked, we, we looked everywhere, you know, yeah. we only saw, but a few trout dead, you know, I, 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 and I'm sure you've heard reports from a lot of people up North, maybe that, that fish didn't really die. Like, like the last, you know, a couple of years ago when that freeze yeah. hit and it really, really, that really hurt us. That really hurt us. And I, I went out there with, with Danny and Jeff on, on Danny's boat after that that you know freeze a couple years ago and man there was a lot of dead big trout it's crazy how we didn't catch those damn things you know they're so smart you know there was so many dead fish i'm like man how did we not catch as many big trout there's so many dead ones like it was it was crazy how many dead fish big fish there were and i hope i hope we can come back to that point i i know with the limit change that we have i I, in my opinion and and my humble opinion i hope it stays the same and I don't know how you feel about it down here in, in, in Texas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in short for me, I, I, I'm good with the limit and, and the limit in the way in which it sits. Um, 
and the reason for that is because, um, man, one, it, you know, three trout from five trout, maybe if they do adjust, maybe slightly, uh, maybe start tinkering a little bit with the slot, but I get the intent, right? And I know it has an mm-hmm. automatic sunset, I think of this year. Is it this summer or yeah, next summer? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's this, uh, I think it was this, this summer or no, this right after summer, it's supposed to go yeah. back to five, but I don't know if they're going to keep it the same. I, I, I'm not the person that, that knows about any of that, but in, in my humble opinion, I wish it would. <laughs> I mean, three trouts, three trouts, a lot of, I mean, if you think about it, three trout and three redfish, if you, if you can catch your limit of three trout and three redfish, that's, that's a lot of fish, you know, in my I'm, opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the state, man, where it's 25 and five. So yeah, uh, no, I know it. Me. I know it. it and there's yeah, a lot and, of, yeah. There's a lot of angst there, dude, because they're looking at limit reductions and I get it, you know, from like big government and like, Hey, once you take it away, you can't get it back. Uh, anyway, we won't go there, but the point, being yeah, let's is, not go too deep, too deep yeah, into but that. The point being is though, <laughs> man, I mean, they're looking to reduce it from 25 to five in Louisiana. I'm sorry, from 25 to 15, excuse me. And then raising yeah. the lower end of the limit from 12, I want to say to 13 and a half is, is what's the proposal. And I was, mm-hmm. like I said, man, I was talking to my buddy Cliff and I'm like, man, the crazy part is, is like going from 25 to 15. If you take three buddies, which is probably a minimum on most Louisiana charters, I mean, you're still catching the guides limit. So you're keeping 60. I mean, dude, like 60 that's, trout. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. I mean, like who needs that many fish? I mean, it's, I know it's, it's not 125, but come on, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I get some guys that that go fishing in Louisiana and they catch a, you know, a, a 20, 23 inch trout or whatever with me or twenty two inch trout and they're, and they're like, oh my god, that's in Louisiana you catch one of these and you're a rock star and I'm like, really, you know, and I'm like, yeah, they they, they tell me, yeah, yeah, that's a big trout and then and then I stick like a twenty six or twenty seven and they're like, holy shit, and I'm like, well, <laughs> and then you and that. They, and I, I, I actually did that the last time you, you had recommended some boys to me that you yeah. remember that came yep. down and fished with me a couple, couple weeks ago. And, and, and I, I caught it like, I don't know, like maybe like a 23 inch trout. We were drifting. It was, they, they didn't have waders. They just came down on work. And, uh, these guys, you know, that were fishing, I catch like a, you know, 23, 24 inch trout and I'm holding it. And I said, Hey guys, you know how you, you know how you catch more of these things, and I hold that fish over the water. You do this, and I just let her, let her go, <laughs> and they laughed <laughs> because in Louisiana, yes, the limit is it. it what is it, twenty five or whatever? Yeah, it's 25, yeah. 12 inches. No, no maximum slot, and so yeah, I mean, you catch uh, yeah. a box full of twenty threes, bro. They all going in there, uh, or at least that's the old yeah. school mentality. And I get it, man. I understand that. I'm not yeah. not dogging my boys too hard, but yeah. uh, the point being is no. is. Uh, it's a different fishery too. I get it. I mean, there's a lot more sediment. It did. It uh, is. You know, and, and from a, you know, from a hydrological perspective and ecological perspective, and you know, the marsh is different. the The sediment is different. the The nutrient load is different because of the river. And so I get like there's these ebbs and flows in that fishery. I grew up fishing that, you know, and so we we just don't have, I think, the the uh, environment to grow, obviously the trout that obviously we have here in Texas, but to that point, um, we were catching a lot more. It felt like, uh, and you can't say it's a terrible fishery because you know what? Most of the top 10 trout in Louisiana were caught in the Mm nineties, late nineties. 
and you know Dudley Vandenboer from uh, oh my gosh, like all these guys in in the Pontchartrain complex. And salinity obviously has a huge deal. We were in a tremendous drought that that around that time, and but it's it's not to say you can't grow them big, right? But we had yeah. think about it. We had less participation in the fishery than what we have now. The fishery and again the environment was a lot different. So if you factor all those things into consideration, then of how they grew ten plus pounders in Calcasieu and Pontchartrain and Venice. Um, and now, obviously, that's tapered way off. Well, what has mm-hmm. changed environmentally, hydrologically, and then what can we do to maybe implement something to get back to that? And so I can't see how releasing 10 extra fish or not harvesting 10 extra fish a person on a trip can hurt that fishery. I, I, I literally yeah. can't see it. And that's that's the thing that's crazy. And I know we're dovetailing in Louisiana stuff, but. My point is, is no, that's exactly no. I mean, what, what, if Jay you do it here though, yeah, it's, it kind of has some parallels yeah, from here to there. Yeah. It's bring back what Jay said on the podcast. Say, if you have a private ranch, a high fence ranch, and you have all these big deer, what well, go shoot every single one of them, then go try to shoot, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's the same thing. Le- releasing fish does not hurt the fishery, you know, letting more fish go helps the fishery. Fishing has evolved and fishing is continued continuing to evolve especially down here in the in texas there's been more boats sold to people probably in the past you know five years than there ever has been i guarantee it oh yeah fishing 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 is evolving and and maybe not for the better just yet but that's why social media is so important to me i really try my best to to show that 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 man it's not it's not about the kill and and you can look back through my social media and see the murder pics and all that or whatever but i i'm at least i'm trying now you know what i'm you know what i'm saying sure. but yeah no i i have i have a lot of friends on social media and a lot of, i i fit the, the way i learn the way i have learned is is actually hanging out with a group of a really good fishermen that 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 have inspired that really have helped me to become a better fisherman mm-hmm. um I, I hang out with guys that, that they don't want to get their captain's license because they don't need to. They have, you know, real jobs and stuff like that. One of my closest friends who really is a great fisherman and and does very well in in tournaments down here in the valley, his name is Hector, Hector Randall. And he he could be a fishing guy. And he does social media too. And I'm trying to, you know, ch- change his mind about, you know, certain things here and there. You know, we go fishing quite often. Uh but yeah, no, uh, social media thing is is could help the evo- you know evolve fishing to be more conservation and uh, minded in, in total. You know, without without that without people like you and uh, I, I there I can name numerous people. Uh, Wayne Davis. Wayne Davis is a big big supporter of catch and release, and he's a he's uh, Ernesty Snaros. There's all there's tons of great fishermen guides that have been doing it for a long time that, that promote those things and we need more guys like that you know the catch yeah. and release you know release over 20 all that 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 is the then you get people interested in that interested in you or, or you have a, a build a following like that and then that that only helps you know bring it to the masses bring it to other people because you tell mm-hmm. one person something and they tell someone and they tell someone and like I, I've 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 had a lot of clients come on my boat and they say, oh yeah, we don't we don't kill trout anymore, we only kill reds, 
But man, that could have an adverse effect. That could that could have an adverse effect too. I mean, oh, we're killing all the redfish now. You know, it. it I I kind of have noticed that actually. You know, going fishing, I'm like, man, I'm not really catching as many redfish as I used to. I guess it's because everyone's taking out their aggression on those damn things. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, obviously I'm joking, right? But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a long-standing joke. As much as I hate redfish, but anyway, but. Now I'm with you, man. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and social media has its time and place. And, and frankly, uh, some days I hate it. Uh, and, and actually mm-hmm. most days, uh, not super pleased with it and try to stay off it just for my own personal sanity. But Oh, it can drive that, you crazy, man. I, it can. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really yeah. can. And, and mainly because uh, I, th- I think the thing I struggle with the most is um, just kind of seeing, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, wanting – and that's what I really had a struggle with, man. Admittedly, uh, about a year and a half ago, <clears throat> I almost gave up Speckled Truth in, in totality, uh, mainly because mm-hmm. like I felt like people were using Speckled Truth as a platform for their own personal gain. And I'm like, man, come on, man. Like, I'm putting a lot of time, energy, and effort in this thing. And, and I'm really trying to, one, just share things that I'm seeing. And, that, and I would do it anyway, like, and it's not to say that it's gospel or any way. It's just kind of free form thought. And it's, it's my own personal, like artistic output. Cause again, I like to write. Uh, and so I like to, you know, I like to write, that's my creative outlet. And so like putting that out there and in any way. And so what you would see though, is a lot of people, you know, sending me pictures, Oh man, I'm all about it. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, uh, you know, it's, it's the exact opposite, you know? And, and so it, it, it really, it was a struggle for me to see, uh, some, a, a lot of folks, to be honest with you, kind of talk out of both sides of their mouths. And that's really a struggle for me because I think what we're trying to do yeah. is a little bit, of, you know, has pure good intent. And I think that's obviously what you're doing, Wayne and, and Ernest and obviously Jay and those guys. And I think everybody has the, the right intent, but when you see people use that and you get perpetually used, you're like, dude, I'm, I think I'm done here. <laughs> like I'm kind of tapping out emotionally, yeah. but anyway, uh, that's where social media has its burden. But I think for the most part, social media in and of itself, um, can be a positive thing. You know, YouTube's a whole other story. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. We can go down that rabbit hole if you'd like, but if not, I can understand as, as well, but you know, the, the YouTube fame and, and spot burn and all that stuff. And, that's kind of why I won't probably do kind of a, you know, a, like a, a YouTube on the water type deal is mainly because, man, I, I really hold my, my area sacred and I like being mm-hmm. by myself. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, putting, um, putting your own level of effort into finding and figuring that out. Um, in certain, certainly areas as opposed to like, you know, salt strong where it's kind of given to you, like here, like go catch mm-hmm. fish yeah, uh, and stuff like no, that. I, I'm not I, trying to, so my, my yeah. point is, is like, you have like, again, the, the polarity of social media of here, here's everything you need to know to include location, go catch fish to now, nah, man, I think there's, there's something about like these old timers and, you know, the blood, sweat and tears and that the gazillion empty casts that you've had to finally figure out the subtle depth change that you see on a certain flat that perpetually holds these fish on like, you know, 52 to 53 degree water temperature when that water, you know, dips below 0.3 on the, on the, you know, the water, uh, gauge, you know, height gauge and all that stuff. And so 
when you see that, that's when you can kind of figure it out. But man, that's where you got to put that effort because when you finally do catch them, sorry, soapbox again, everyone, but when you finally do catch them and you put in that level of effort, it just means more. It does. It does. And, and your platform that you have created is probably, it, it, it is the most rare thing that we have. You know, your interviews with, with all the fishing guides, these different fishing guides, and, and, and I know people don't like to use the word, but, you know, the elite, you know, I was going to say legends. I was going to say the, the legends of, of fishing. And I'm not going to say it. I, the, the elite fishermen, it, it really, it gives people an outlet to, to listen, to, to see how fishing, how people have started to become as good of a fisherman as they are. I am not, I do not consider myself to be the top of the top best fisherman. I, in my, my eyes, I see Jay Ray and Colton Blackwell and, uh, you know, I, I can name, I can Rousey, name, I can name, play, Navarro, yeah, Rousey, yeah, yeah John the Leroy, Gill, those, yeah. John Gill, yeah, it, 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 the list goes on and on and on and on of the guys that are, those are the elite guys, the guys that are winning those tournaments, they are the elite guys, I only hope to be as good as, as some of these guys, man, and, and hopefully I will be, but you have to put in the time, your feet, you got, you put on, you put the time in with, you, you're using your feet, you walk, you figure things out on your own, you know, I, the, the salt strong thing is cool, you know, but that's just more of like a, a, an outline of what to do, but not really like, I, I think that your platform, it shows the actual like truth, like exactly the truth about how and, and why people become big trout fishermen or speckled, you know, chase speckled trout. And I don't know, I, I just, I think you're doing a great job, Chris. I've, I've been following your podcast. I've been I've been listening to all of them, and and you're and it's such it's such a a, a defined a, de, a defined space that you're working towards, and I love it. I, I think you're doing a great job, buddy. I appreciate it, man. And, and my soapbox wasn't in any way, shape, or form to uh, you know have you toot toot the horn, but uh, and dude, don't get me wrong. I have nothing against you know Joe and Luke. I actually consider them you know colleagues and friends, and and talk to them fairly often. And I think what they're trying to do is obviously, you know, generate exposure and, and get people who are not fishermen giving a, a baseline. Right. I get that. Oh, they, yeah. Um, and that's, and it's, and, that's and cool. it's cool, but that's their niche. It's a niche yep. deal that they're, you know, it's different. It's completely different yeah. from what y'all are perpetuating. Yeah. Know? From what we're doing. But, and, and again, you kind of carry the torch in that because that's who you are as well. It, it's kind of defining uh, of you. And, and again, all those dudes that you had mentioned, uh, was man, and that's why I love hearing like the stories from Cliff Webb and all these different, mm-hmm. you know, interviews that we've had. Because, man, when especially, dude, if you're sitting like at the table with them and they're telling a story of a big fish, you see, you can the see it in their eyes. You, the eye. you oh can, God, yeah, bro. you can see it in they're their there. Yeah. No, when I talk to Jay and when I when I talk, yeah, you can see it in their eyes and they know. And I I wish I can only hope. I can only hope to be as much of an influence on fishing, speckled trout fishing, as any one of those guys. And I'm trying my best to 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 do that. But it takes it takes years and years of time of on the water and and meeting different people and showing different clientele how to fish. And and it really is blood, sweat, and tears, man. I I I don't think I could ever do anything different than what I do now. And uh, I hope to. To, to the good Lord up above that I can continue to be a fishing guide and I'm going to try. Uh, 
but yes, no, uh, those, those people are the people that are really pushing the boundaries and put and and doing well in tournaments. The Carone brothers, those guys are fishing yeah. fools. I don't know. If, those yeah. guys are awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, and it, it's crazy, man. Uh, just how much that little bitty, I say little bitty fish, but it, I mean, if you're really thinking about 30 inches, uh, how much it means to so many people, um, oh, and those really fish does. and, and the nuances of these large fish and how it brings a community together. And, and again, dude, you're part of that. And as a 28 year old man, you know, father, how many you got, how many kiddos you got Two, one. I, I got twin daughters and that yeah. honestly, the real reason. So my, my kids are the real reason why I try so hard. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't think I'd ever, I don't think I would ever have become a, a full-time fishing guide uh, and really tried to stay. I used to work on chemical barges when, you know, for a while there too, mm-hmm. I wasn't just, you know, just solely guiding, but, you know, being home every day was important to me. So that's why I came back and worked as hard as I did to, on, especially on social media to get, to get to the point where I could actually guide full time and, and just do it solely, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, my kids are a big part of that. You know, my, I have twin daughters. Uh, we, I had kids really young. Me and my wife had kids when we were really young, 19. They're nine. They're nine right now. And uh, yeah, I, that's a big contributing factor to the reason why I do what I do. Uh, I, I want to work hard so I can be home with my children. And uh, yeah, being a full-time fishing guide isn't easy, man. It really, it really isn't a lot of, uh, I, 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 I tell people that and, and, you know, I, I know I, I have I have created guides and I I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. I have created guides and I talk to them. I talk to the to the young guys and they say, "Man, Joe, you're not you're not kidding. This is this ain't easy." I said, "No, it ain't easy, man. <laughs> Being a fishing guide, it, it'll wear you it'll wear you down. It'll wear it'll wear your body out, you know, and but it, you got to love it. And these these young guys that are coming up in the game, they love it. They're just like I love it. I see the passion in in, in uh in the younger the younger generation of very it's 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 very very hardcore man these guys you're gonna see some sticks come out from down here in the valley you're gonna see some sticks you'll see yeah that's awesome man but what i, what I was gonna say man is as a 28 year old you know father of two um married man <clears throat> i mean you still kind of have your whole life out of you i'm turning 42 tomorrow god i'm getting so old i can't remember but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, shoot, dude. I mean, you still have so many years. But the thing about it is, is you're mature kind of beyond kind of your age uh, to kind of see uh, where you need to be. In, and, dude, your your trajectory is is really there. And, and that's why, you know, I, I definitely wanted to have you on a podcast is to really get a younger uh, guide's perspective into one just thought process. Because, again – the way in which you approach business to way in which you approach fish is a little bit different than what Mike and Jay have done, you know, 30 years ago. And so that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And so it's good to have a little bit of a fresh perspective. Uh, and, and so, but dude, your trajectory is bright, you know, and, and especially, you know, with the beliefs and, and things that you have with regards to the outlook of a sustainable fishery and how you can contribute to that with your interaction through your, your clientele that's what i think and that's what i was alluding to at the early stages of the podcast which was that's where you are really at the forefront because your interaction daily with people on your boat 
of what is responsible to do. You're educating them beyond words uh, than I could if they click a link or, you know, hopefully read a post or whatever it is. Right. And so you have that, that direct interaction, that interface where it could literally change some dude's life or, or young, some young anglers, young anglers life, you know? So anyway, it's, it's, it's something that I, that I hold, uh, you know, I hold close to me, man. I, I try to do the right thing. And, uh, yeah, the younger perspective on being a fishing guide is if you want to do this, if you want to do this for real, you better, you better put, you better put everything you have into it because there are, there's a lot of fishing guides now. It, I'm, I'm talking to the younger, the younger guys that are, that are thinking of becoming a fishing guide. If, if you want to be a fishing guide and you want to be a successful fishing guide, you, you got to give it your all because there's a bunch of other, other guy other young guys that are, are going to want to take the same. Our, our bay is smaller than you think down here in the Valley. And if, if you don't try your best and if, if you, if you get up in the morning and you're salty and, and you know, you, you you're tired because you fished three or four days in a row and you're salty just, and you, you're, you're mean to your clients and this and that, those clients are going to remember that and they're going to tell other people and you're not going to get them. You're not going to ever have those guys again. So yeah, to, to, to that point, if you're a young fishing guide, you know, young, I, I know I'm a young fishing guide, but younger than me, cause there are young guys that are, that are because of social media that are, that want to do this, this sort of thing. Just, just know that it is not easy. You are going to have to work your butt off to get to, to any sort of level of recognition. Like it, it, I have literally, I'm literally been, I'm sunburned, man. I look like a raisin. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, my skin is just torched, man. Like uh, every summer I get just torched, but uh, you know, it's 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 something that you really need to work hard to do and there's there's a lot more people young guys now that want to be fishing guides than back in the day and and you you can see it on social media every everyone likes to go fishing man it is something that once you get once you get it in your in your you know in your head that you want to be a fishing guide you you go for it and uh i actually i I actually want to give a, a shout out to one of my one of the young guys that has become a fishing guide and has done has, is doing very well and he's a young guy uh if you you know his name is marco marco arzipe he's he's from down here in the valley he used to be one of my clients and i i see him and he he's got a little baby now and he's he's been he's a full-time guy and he's doing a great job man that 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 makes me proud to see guys like that young guys like that coming up in the game and doing well for themselves for their family and just a heart of gold nice nicest guy n- nicest kid you'll ever meet but he's really young he's i think he's only like 23 or 20 he, that's how i started you know real young mm-hmm. yeah he's a young guy but that's yeah awesome, know, seeing these kids come up in the yeah i know so yeah so what i say about you know creating fishing guides i, I i'm proud i'm proud to say that i've been able to do that because I, you, you see these guys on social media and they're killing it man they're doing great you know and i and i hope to just you know show them, you know, a little bit of the way, you know, and, and help them to become a better, a better fisherman and, and a, maybe a better influence, you know, uh, you know, as a whole, you know, but yeah, be, being a fishing guy, it's hard, man. <laughs> it really is. Well, you're doing a great job, Joe. You really are buddy and keep it up, man. And so I appreciate you being on the podcast. I really do, buddy. Uh, I really do taking time yes, away sir. from your family and, and all this stuff. And, 
I know it's it's kind of been you know probably ten hard years of of things, and and you still got a long ass way to go. I hate to tell you this, buddy, but um, you definitely <laughs> do. But hey, man, keep fighting a good fight. And I'm gonna stand. enjoy the ride. Yeah, for, and uh, hey, this is kind of one thing. As you were talking, I had an, an Air Force uh, mentor, uh, one of my old supervisors, kind of tell me this, and probably most be, folks have probably heard this, but it was basically that your attitude impacts your altitude. And so, mm-hmm. um, how you and the the attitude that you have uh, for yourself throughout the day will impact how high or how low uh, you go, right? And so, if you come into every single day with a really good, positive attitude, even though you're going to embrace some challenges and things that uh, are aren't in the plans and going to be challenging in in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, if you have a good positive attitude and trouble, you know, problem solve those and, and overcome those and and face those head on, it's going to impact your overall altitude, which is kind of how far and how high you want to go. Right. And so uh, those who have really crummy attitudes typically crash and burn. And I was kind of in a nutshell what they were that kind of lesson from that mentorship session was. And so I've kind of taken that to heart throughout the course of my life, which was man approach every single day with a positive attitude. Uh, and in, at mm-hmm. that point, it's going to impact the overall altitude of your life uh, and how you interact with people. So anyway, hope, hopefully that, that corny, uh, um, I guess, mentorship session uh, pays off. Maybe somebody needs to hear that out there, but uh, that's kind of who I am. But dude, thanks so much for being on a podcast. I really do appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm humbled to be able to uh, talk about, you know, big speckled trout fishing. And uh, I only hope that I can be as good of an influence as as you are to our to our to our local people down here in the valley. And I think you're doing a great job. And I really I really appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks, bud. I needed to hear that, man. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, hey, everyone, if you if you listen to this point, thanks so much uh, for sticking around, listening uh, to Captain Joe Prado and in his uh, sage words, honestly. Uh, and so. I want to give a huge shout out to all of our sponsors uh, that support the podcast, Waterloo Rods, Mirror Lore, Texas Custom Lures, Custom Corky, Down South Lures. Hey, if, if you didn't see, obviously we came out with the truth color of, of uh, the supermodel, Down South Supermodel. So those will be for sale soon, uh, actually online. Stay tuned for that if you hear this podcast and, and they actually might even be out by this podcast uh, reveal, but uh, Real Sportswear, can't can't say enough thanks about them. Thanks so much for Andrew and his support there. And then lastly, uh, welcoming our newest sponsor, Hook and Bullet Sunglasses, and Rob Phillips and team. And so he's going to be a, a future episode. Really stoked for that one. Captain Kyle is going to sit down with Rob and talk about really uh, how he got into the sunglass business, but really the nuances of different lenses and lens styles and how they impact and and help you catch more fish and so that's going to be a really good episode but anyway again love to shout out the sponsors help and support them as best you can uh, because obviously they make this thing roll and uh, without them we obviously couldn't do this so again thanks so much uh, for sticking around thanks to captain joe prado again and until next time guys tight lines god bless and always remember take what you need and release the rest god bless